In Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 12 through 17, it reads, I, the preacher, have been king over Israel and Jerusalem, and I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. Is it an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with? I have, been, I have seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and striving after the wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be made counted. I said in my heart, I have acquired great wisdom, surpassing all who were over Jerusalem before me. In my heart has had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this also is but a striving after wind. How we spend our days matters because it determines how close we are to God. In Proverbs 16:9, it says, The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Good morning, everyone. My name is Jeff, and I'm a part of Graceway Newport Group. And I'm excited to share some of what God has been revealing to me and some of what the praxis has been talking about over the last month or so as we've gone through Leviticus. Today we will close out our praxis on Leviticus, on holiness, and also look at this week's highlighted theme through the week, which was the Sabbath. Our first topic is holiness. From the beginning of this praxis, in the beginning of January 2022, which is hard to believe that we're already in 2022, but we saw so much so much about God and all the things that he, he required for us to be right with him to get to the most holy place for that priest. There were so many sacrifices of blood and grain and all these things that, that gave us a way to get close to him. That's what he was requiring for us to be close to him. And I want to remind everybody that, that God hasn't changed. He's the same God as he was then. So let's look into holiness a little bit more as it pertains to this week. The thing that came to mind was, as I did some research and, and looked at some resources that I find to be very valuable, I thought about the sun and the way the sun is the center of not only our solar system, but really our life. Without the sun, we wouldn't be able to exist here. It's the ultimate power source and source of life, heat, it makes our vegetables grow. It's everything on the planet Earth. It's, there's, everything revolves around it in our solar system. Everything revolves around the sun. And we're just the right distance away. If we were a little bit closer, we'd burn up. If we were a little farther away, we'd freeze to death. Without it, we would have nothing. It's powerful beyond measure. And it's so awesome and so good. But at the same time, it's so dangerous. If anything gets close to it in space, it burns up. It's, it's, it's a source of life, but also the ultimate source of death. So powerful. The book of Leviticus, throughout the whole thing, the book is designed to allow a way for us to be close to God. Kind of like the sun. It allows us to get close to that sun. It's a, it's a way to, to make us pure 
because that's what God requires to be close to him. It's a way to make us pure morally, but also ritually. We saw a lot of rituals. We had to do this to make this happen. And he defined all those things and about our bodies, about being around dead bodies, uh, what you ate, all those things. And those things all made us unclean, which would not allow us to get close to him. That source of life that we needed to get close to in order to survive. So you see in Isaiah something that I thought was really fascinating. And it's a foreshadow of what's to come. What you see is a seraphim takes a burning coal and touches the lips of Isaiah. And what you see is a picture of not us trying to get into where God is, making ourselves holy and pure to get into the holy place or into the most high holy place where God was that only the priest was allowed to get to as we saw throughout our praxis month. So the seraphim comes with this burning hot coal that we know as humans, if you see a coal in a fire, that's like, we know that's hot. There's no way you would touch it. And that's like the holy place. We know we can't go there. And what the seraphim does, it takes and it touches the lips of Isaiah. And instead of him having to get holy or get righteous or ritually clean to go into that place, it's the opposite. So he's showing us what his character is really like, what he really wants us to get to and show us how awesome he is and how much he loves us, that he touches the coal to Isaiah and he makes Isaiah pure. And that's the idea that we see God showing us who he is. So God makes us pure by coming out of that holy place, touching our lips, touching us, and making us holy. I just thought that was really neat to see an example of how God is no longer going to, at some point in Isaiah, at some point, He's going to no longer make us have to do things or follow all these things. Um, it's representative of who he is and, and makes us holy on his own. We, can't, we don't have to do anything to get it. So that was a little, a little talk about holiness and some of the things that were threaded through um, the praxis for the month. And I think that the thing that hit me the most throughout the week was um, all the things that led to the Sabbath. So now we're going to talk about the Sabbath, and that was really the big theme for this particular week. If you noticed during your reading, we saw a bunch of feasts that were, were going on. And, and what those feasts were, and I saw the word holy convocation, and, and I wasn't sure what that was, so I looked it up. And what it was, it was an, an opportunity for people to get together. So you can kind of imagine, like, God wants us to be together, so he says you will have these feasts. And during those times, you will, you will, you will, you're doing it for me. But right from the beginning, right on page 56 of your praxis, you see in the beginning, right, right on the first page of our reading, or one of the first pages, it talks about the Sabbath. And God says, Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation, which is a community get-together, you shall do no work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord in your dwelling places. And I thought, hmm, Sabbath. So the next day I read, and I saw it again. And then the next day, I saw it again. And, and it was it was all the way through. And I said, huh, what, what's the Sabbath? What is the Sabbath all about? Why is it so important? And what does it have to do with feasts and rest? And, and I don't get it. <clears throat> so the feasts that were going on, unleavened bread, first fruits, 
the book of we or excuse me the feast of weeks which was seven weeks after passover the trumpets which was like a preparation feast the trumpets were a coming of the lord if, if you, you might recall and the booths was uh, a reminder of the 40 years that the that the israelites were wandering so those are some of the feasts that were talked about but really the theme is is the sabbath so <clears throat> and and what what the sabbath was the seventh day it represents fullness or completeness or rest so we see in the Bible in Genesis where God works for six days, and we know we're not equal to God, but he took those six days to work and toil like we do. We go crazy just working and trying to figure everything out, and we're just so so pulled in different directions, working so hard to, to figure things out, and what am I going to do, and we're worried, and we hear Jesus tell us not to be anxious, and we, we can kind of see how that all works together in our six days. We probably work eight days out of the week, but... He takes six days and then on the seventh day, he rests. And he says, all, all things are complete. It's, I'm going to rest. But it's bigger than just taking a rest physically. And I think that that is what I got out of the whole point of why it talks about the Sabbath as a day of rest. It's talking about ultimate rest, like spiritual rest. And I ask you, are, are you at rest? Are you at peace? Do you feel like your toiling brings you to a place where you can rest in the Lord? Are you in line with the things that he's framed out for us that provide joy, peace, and rest for, for your soul as long as well as mine? And, and as I studied this week, I realized that, and it just kept reminding me that he's the one who gives me ultimate rest. I'm never going to find it anywhere else, as hard as I try. I was talking to my son this morning, and I was just kind of, I was thinking of Solomon, because I started with Ecclesiastes, and I was thinking how much how much I try to satisfy or, or find pleasures, things that are going to get me to a place of peace or rest in, in the world. And I've tried, I assure you, I have tried, like many of you. I've done the, everything I could to get maximum pleasure, maximum satisfaction, and it never works. It, never, it has never failed that it doesn't work every time. And, and, it's, and it's frustrating. But when you think about what God is telling us, he's the day of rest that he's calling us to for our own good. As a parent, I, I talk to my kids and I'm giving them these boundaries. I'm giving them these, these rules which make complete sense to me, but don't make sense to me for whatever chapter they're in your life, whatever chapter that they're in in their life. So I ask you, the things that God has kind of prepared for you and set, set up for you, as a boundary or some of the things that our spiritual lives, some of the things in our spiritual lives that kind of deteriorate, spiritual disciplines that, that we know are good, that he's called us to, spending time with him primarily, those things aren't as important because we're pulled in all those different directions, like those six days of, of work. We're just crunching it out, grinding it out, as my friends like to say about work. I'm, I'm grinding, I'm grinding. And then, but do we ever take a day to to rest in him and recalibrate like how what am i doing with my life how am i spending time with with god first is he really first is he the center of my solar system is he the sun in my little solar system universe that i think i'm in the center of and and i have to be honest he's not in mine all the time and i know i i'm deceived when I'm, when he's not the center of my solar system and I'm, um, I don't realize it. And then when I realize it, 
and I get close and I, and I feel his warmth and I realize I've been, I've been not where he's called me to be, which is close to him. He wants me close in that innermost holy place. <clears throat> so Leviticus shows us a way, but it shows us more. It shows us that God is the same now. He's the center of everything. He's uncomparable, incomparable. We can't quite get close to him without a way. We have to have a way to get close to him. That's kind of what Leviticus is showing us. And he is the source of life, but also the source of death if, if not doing what he's called us to do or required for us to do. So how do we get that rest? I ask you, how do you get your rest? Where do I get my rest from? Well, don't take it for me how I get my rest because it's not always in the right place. Or I try, where do I find my rest is not always in the right place. Or look for it, I should say. But Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest. That's the rest we're talking about. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly at heart, and you will find rest, here it is again, for your souls. So he's given us rest, and he's given us rest for our, you will find rest in him. This, the rest that we're looking for, we find in him for our soul. I want that rest. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Isn't that wonderful? He says it a couple times in there, talking about rest. He is the ultimate rest. That rest that we're looking for is found in him. So all that labor, come to me all who labor, that labor, those six days, we're, we're grinding it out and we're heavy laden, we're burdened with all these things that, that bind us up. And he's saying, I will give you rest. So today we talked about holiness and how Leviticus led us through all the rituals and feasts. And then in the end, the Sabbath, where he wants us to be in rest in the end of the month. So how we spend our days matters because it determines how close we are to God. Think about where he is in your solar system. And remember from Proverbs 16, 9, the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And I'll leave you with the last verse, John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, like Leviticus was talking about, giving us a way to get close to the Lord. So Jesus says it this way, it's changed now. Isaiah gave us that picture of the coal coming in and making us pure. God is making us pure. That's what Jesus is talking about right here. He's ultimately made the way that was foreshadowed by Isaiah. And now we see it clearly. It says, Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am that coal that you typically couldn't get close to. I'm coming to you to make you pure. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's that passage to get to the Lord. He's that passage to get to the most holy place where we ultimately want to be, where our souls will have that ultimate rest. I hope you enjoy your groups today. Before we finish out, I'd like to pray for everyone. Lord, I just want to thank you for, for being the one and only place that we can find rest. Thank you for showing us that truth and revealing to me through the week 
And I pray, Lord, that you reveal it to people of Graceway and any other people that might see this, Lord, that they might see you. They might see that you, Jesus, are the way, like Leviticus laid out for us, that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the most holy place without going through you, Jesus. Thank you. Fill our family rooms, the Graceway lobby, wherever we might be, Lord, as a, as a community, that convocation that we're going to have together. Lord, I pray that you bless that and give us rest as we meet together. Reveal to us your purposes for our life. And like Solomon looked for that wisdom, he tried it all, Lord. I pray that we realized through our time together today that you are the ultimate place that we find rest. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.